frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I drink your milkshake. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cinefleck. I am your host, Ethan Colburn. We are back, baby. We got this show. Um, we've got a couple more coming up. I am watching uh, the new Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse this week and excited to record a podcast on that. Later this month, uh, we've got a little Asteroid City podcast in the works. Uh, it's been a while since I am doing a movie um, that's like brand new, like that. So we've got a couple. We've got a couple of those coming up, which should be really, really fun. Um, for this movie, uh, I was really excited to have Ryan back on. If you have been listening to the show, I'm sure you know Ryan at this point. He's been on quite a few podcasts, but uh, we had a great time discussing. Um, uh, the Banshees of Inisherin, and uh, we're pairing this film with Guinness because, um, I think that's that's probably the most appropriate thing. Um, given that it's a uh, it's an Irish period piece, and all they drink in the movie is Guinness, so uh, we'll be pairing it with Guinness. Uh, as a result of that, I don't have the Guinness recipe. Um, I believe that is a confidential trade secret. So, um, you'll just have to go out to the store and buy yourself a six pack or get, get some on draft. Cause it's slightly better when you get it on draft. I'm rambling. Um, anyway, hope all of you are doing well. It's nice and toasty. It's 90 degrees here in Boston, uh, but excited for summer, excited for uh, for some new movies coming out, and excited for some traveling. So lots of fun stuff to look forward to. Without further ado, I will throw you into this week's podcast. I hope you enjoy. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Ryan. First of all, how 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 are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. good. We're gonna pretend like we didn't just talk about this for like five <laughs> minutes. Um, Banshees. 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 Did you see this movie last year during award season? Um, I did. I so. Last year, I was very lazy with my movie watching, especially the uh, Oscar ones. Because to be honest, a lot of them just didn't really interest me very much um, mm-hmm. for the first time in in a in a, in a while. Um, but some of them really did. So uh, Banshees was one of the ones that I actually really did want to see, but I missed the chance to see it in theaters. So I caught it like maybe two or three days before the Oscars on HBO Max. Um, still really enjoyed it, but I, I do wish I had seen it in in theaters. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see this one in theaters either. Um, it came out came out fairly quickly on HBO Max. I was like, yeah, I was like very going quick to. Turnover. I feel like the the theatrical windows, especially for these indie movies, are shortening. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like yeah. I I feel like I miss it. I miss it one week. Like I'm busy for some weekend, and then all of a sudden, like I'm like, uh, like where is yeah. it playing? Yeah, it it almost seems like movie theaters are being harder on, like the amount of money a movie makes taking it out of theaters. So like if it's not making, it seems like it has to be making a really yeah. good amount of money at this point to stay in theaters because otherwise they're just going to have, you know, five of their 10 theaters or five of their 10, you know, rooms playing like the super Mario bros movie. Cause they're going to fill out each one, each one. So you might as well. Right. Which takes right. away from the smaller movies. Now, I've noticed that at least, uh, I don't know about right now, but certainly during Oscar season, I noticed a lot of the more indie, lower budget films were were in and out real quick. You bring up a good point, though, because how much of that is like self fulfilling, right? If if you're not yeah. giving, I mean, ultimately, like the reason um, everything everywhere all at once succeeded was just because it needed so so much time in theaters just to kind of like keep chugging yeah. along. Yeah. And if you're not giving something like Banshees, which is an objectively really good movie, I don't know if it's for everyone. It's not doesn't have the right. universal appeal of Mario and Donkey Kong, but uh, <laughs> I mean, objectively very good movie. If you're yeah. not giving it the chance to succeed, is it you know will it not? Yeah, will it will it just not have that opportunity? Exactly, and and it's it's actually kind of interesting because a lot of the decisions of which movies are playing in each theater. Uh, aren't really coming from like the higher ups of the 
movies are the higher ups of the movie theaters like AMC or Regal. It's coming yeah. from the GMs of those specific stores. So like I have yeah. three AMCs near me, right? One of them is like notorious for uh, holding on to movies way, way, way longer. So movies like uh, The Whale left really quickly in the first two theaters, but in the third one, it was there for just enough time for me to be able to see it. Yeah. Um, things like that. So uh, it, it's kind of interesting how um, you almost wield a little bit of power as like a, a GM theater owner. You're like, well, this one's not doing that well, so I'm not going to play it anymore. Or they could be like, it's not doing that well, but we'll take a chance and play it for another week. Like they can totally do that. Um, until the theater like officially pulls the movie, but that you know that's not not for like weeks and weeks and weeks. Usually after most theaters stop playing it. Um, but yeah, I actually noticed that while I was working in the movies too a long time ago, working at the movie theaters. Um, yeah, I always thought that was really interesting. Actually, that is interesting. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, it makes sense that AMC would be franchised and that each each one would sort of have have that have that opportunity. In that in that sense, like we're both li- lucky, we live in more urban areas and actually have that choice for sure. That's yeah, true. But um, but yeah, that that's definitely like my like rich person fantasy. If I if I had like a gajillion dollars, everyone's like, oh, I'd open a restaurant. And I'd uh, I I want to just have a theater where I get to play the movies that I want. And I yeah. Don't, I don't care if people show up. <laughs> I'm there. I'll be there. I'll be watching. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's what it's about. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, enough about box office, Banshees of Inishirin, um, what was your first impression of this movie? So, uh, I, I loved it. Movies like this that have this kind of tone, um, where it's like super somber and very serious, but also there's like a lot, a lot of very like quick-witted comedy in there too and it's almost like it's almost very very deadpan too so it's almost like you don't know if you should laugh but it's funny so you laugh but like it's almost funny because of how depressing it is at times and i really like movies like that movies that can pull that off uh always have a really good script um and usually pretty good performances too which this movie has both so i liked it a lot first time i watched it a lot yeah yeah no same and it's got this it's got this sort of timeless quality to it. I think the way it the way it's laid out, it almost it feels like a folk tale or something. It feels like, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think I think it's it's safe to say that these that these men that are fighting symbolize more than just themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think it's a movie that works on the literal plane but also you know there's a number of there's a number of allegories there including the irish civil war that you can take right that was um, not at the same time yeah but it does have this like very mystical tone i was thinking i was thinking so much about uh i was thinking so much about mrs mccormick as i was watching this this time what is Miss? Um, who's Mrs. McCormick? Oh, oh, in the yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. Yeah, the weirdo like, that everyone's avoiding. Yes, yes. Do you ever feel like Mrs. McCormick, Ryan? In in, in what way? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was just saying. That, not not that, usually. You know, you like, know, maybe sometimes. <laughs> Do you remember paranoid that you know you're walking down the street and people are diving behind brick walls to like avoid talking to you? <laughs> yes uh, i don't have to imagine i see it every day yeah exactly <laughs> um anyway no it does it does strike a really unique tone i think i think like yeah. you said it's it's hard to it's hard to pull off that that dark comedy where you're like you're like laughing and then you almost feel bad for laughing sometimes yeah, exactly exactly well i know what you mean uh the most the, the most there's a lot of like mystical parts of it like you said um uh, but I think the one thing that kind of almost doesn't seem mystical until you kind of think about it is, is, uh, calm cutting off all of his fingers because you're like, Oh, that's like a horrifying thing to do. But then you think about it, you're like, no actual person would be cutting off. Like it's, it's gotta be a symbol for something. Like it's gotta be kind of like, it, there's gotta be some kind of more deeper meaning, but even on surface level, it does work. Right. But it, it gives it like this weird almost like something's off about that, like doesn't really seem like something someone would do quality to it. So it almost takes you kind of out of the realm 
while still being plausible enough. That was the one thing I was like, why of all the things you could do, would you cut off your fingers? Like there's so many other options. I don't know. I feel like, like to get your point across that, that will get your point across a hundred percent. There are probably less painful ways to get your point across. I don't think you have to do that. So, I don't know. I always thought that was like, well, I mean, tell each other how you feel. Uh, there was there was some there was some uh, there was some letterbox review that was cracking me up. That was like uh, that was like men will literally cut off all their fingers before they go to therapy. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you're right in that way. It 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 strikes this weird thing where it doesn't quite strike the surreal like david lynchian right it doesn't level. take you completely out of it it does yeah but it's right on the border it's right where you're like oh like woo, that's out of nowhere right but okay okay i know and right i don't and, and and i think it's the close i think the closest um i mean i have to go back through martin mcdonough's other works but i think the closest he gets to that is oddly the other movie starring Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell in Bruges, where yeah. that movie is very much exists on this, like, that movie's fun because it, it um, it's like this and then exists on two planes, but it's also, like, the primary plane is it's, like, an action thriller. But yeah. then the other plane is that it's all about, like, purgatory and, like... <laughs> right. And like, and, like, this deeper religious symbolism. But I, yeah. think, I think that... It, it's sort of a return to that because I, I, from what I remember, and I'd have to go back through them. I think Seven Psychopaths and and uh, Three Billboards are a bit more literal character studies yes. rather than rather than allegories. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think you know what the weirdest thing about uh, In Bruges to me, which you just saying it now uh, reminded me. Um, I watched In Bruges and. I realized right before watching Banshees, I don't remember a single thing about Imbruge, and I have no idea why. Like, I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I can't think of a single plot line. I can't think of a single – I was like – because I know I watched the movie. I know I watched it. I don't remember it at all. Um, but I remember I, – at least I remember liking it, but I think I do like Banshees better, although I, I have to to rewatch in Bruges because clearly I don't remember anything. Um, it's hard to say you like a movie better when you don't it, remember anything yeah, about the it, Literally, movie. exactly. I just remember being like, wow, that was pretty good. And then yeah. I uh, but anyway, uh, I actually like Three Billboards be- the uh, best. I love I loved that movie so much. I need to revisit that one. It got some it got some flack for the Sam Rockwell stuff, it, but then it did. But it was still it was my it was my vote for best picture that year. I really really I was pulling for that movie. I remember liking it in theaters. Um, anyway, back to this. Yes. Uh, three, uh, cutting off your fingers. How do you feel about that? Is that something that you would do um, when when you inevitably get sick of me? Um, <laughs> how do you feel about that as a technique to so, get rid of people in your life? Um, strong, strong strategy. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you're really, you know, really, really pulling for it. I I definitely would not do anything that extreme. If someone was really pushing me to the point where I just didn't know what to do anymore, I would probably move or so before I would cut off my <laughs> yeah, fingers. Never, no, he never like, thinks about leaving the island. That's the yeah. Funny. He's he's so sick of he's so sick of everyone that's there, and he's so sick of his friends and his life, and he never thinks about moving. No, that's what I would take my dog, pack my stuff, and I would just leave. Like if yeah. it was really that bad. Because at least if you leave, you may not be on the island anymore, but you have all of your fucking fingers at least. Like that's a <laughs> plus. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. That was a, a. Would you? Would you cut off your fingers? No. In a desperate attempt. No, but you know, I mean, I no, I I wouldn't. I but but to go back to the allegory thing, I think it's I think it's an allegory for how is allegory the right word? I always mix up like. You know, the, you know, in English classes, you do the difference between, like, motif and theme. It's, like, one of those things. I don't know what it all... But you know what I'm saying. Yes. Um, I think it's about how we tend to... We, when we think we're hurting others, we end up hurting ourselves more. That was my initial mm-hmm. read of it. So it's, mm-hmm. like... So it's, like, you know, he... 
and he does hurt calm is it is it column like in a building or Cal- just calm i think it's calm I, I think it's just calm yeah like but like, like but like, like in, if, contained but if you said it with an irish accent it would sound more like column kind um, of so column yeah, yeah. Like that. I'm not gonna, yep. not gonna break up my Irish accent in this pod. <laughs> um, it's horrible. You should. Yes. Uh, maybe we'll see. We'll see how maybe it goes. Maybe at the end. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, but I think my read of it was like, you know, I was interpreting it as like that's this is just like we tend to hurt ourselves when we think we're hurting others, and we tend to like make big grand statements. And in reality, it's just not. It's not for. It's not it, it's not doing anything to him really other than just making him feel bad. Like really you're just right. self mutilating. Yeah. 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 That's how I interpreted it at first as well. Yeah, that he's he's willing to put himself through hurt uh to to hurt um Padrick. Podrick? Podrick. Podrick. And ultimately it's very sad because not he even, wants yeah. to play the violin. Yes. All he wants to yeah. do. And he's still kind of able to do it with some fingers off there, too. That was pretty impressive. He was able to do it missing f- one finger. It was, okay, it was Did only one. Did we ever get to point. see him I don't play with just stubs? <laughs> that might be a little difficult. That might be a little difficult. Yeah. <laughs> might be kind of impossible. Well, easier than, you know, piano or guitar, because there's some instruments that are impossible. Some you can, you can figure out, you know? Honestly, I think you're better off just just switching it and learning how to learning how to play with your right hand and hold the bow with your with your stubs. Uh, oh, fun fact! Do you know who Jim Abbott is? Who's Jim Abbott? He is. I hope I have. I think it was Jim. His first, his last name is definitely Abbott. He was a pitcher for the Yankees, and he only had one hand. He was a pitcher, and he threw a no hitter. Incredible! Wow. Yeah, look it up. It's very very cool. It's very cool. Have you ever heard? Jim do you know the name of the guy that pitched a perfect game on LSD? You heard about this? What? No, I've not. That's crazy. There was a there was a pitcher who had who pitched a perfect game on LSD, and like admitted later, he was like seeing like multiple plates, and was just like it was like absolutely it was like sometime in the seventies. Um, uh, <laughs> give me like two sec two seconds here. Okay. Uh, Doc Ellis, Doc Ellis, no hitter on LSD it was a no hitter. But mm. Doc Ellis pitched a perfect game. Uh, sorry, no hitter on LSD, um, and did not know where the fuck he was. <laughs> um, crazy, crazy. That's... The '70s were were a time that happened. They were, they were indeed a time that you and I were not there for. Unfortunate. Um. Okay, so fingers, Mrs. McCormick. Mrs. McCormick. What do you think about Mrs. McCormick? Creepy. Creeper. Creeper. Almost gave me the vibe of, um, what, the, uh, um, give me a second. The Shakespeare, Shakespeare play had Denz, there was a movie. The witches. Everyone, which is from Hamlet. Hamlet. No, a Macbeth. No, not sorry. Hamlet. Yeah. 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 Macbeth. The, the witches some... from Macbeth. It gave me uh, it gave me vibes of that for sure. That was like the first thing I thought of. So I pieced something together just after this watch. Okay. I'm really proud of myself. Let's hear um, it. I looked up what a banshee was. Do you know what a banshee is in Irish? I looked before? up the same thing right before watching it the first time. Yes. A female spirit in Irish folklore who heralds the death of a family member. So Mrs. McCormick is the titular banshee, which uh, is quite interesting given how few, how little screen presence she actually has. But she is the titular banshee. And um, the other thing that struck me this watch about her was the way she shows up um, just as the cop is about to bust Column for burning someone's house down. She shows up to tell him his son has died almost to let column storyline play out naturally but mm-hmm. also alert the uh, police officer of his of his son just just as in the folktale but she shows up at such an interesting point in the story to sort of interrupt the natural flow of the action 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good that's a good point. Why do you think they did that? I think I mean the the so it's not the total final shot, but the other thing I noticed is <clears throat> Mrs. McCormick is sitting there with her with her hook. Um yeah. and it's the second to last shot, or it's the last shot that you actually see of actors before like a final flyover of yeah. the island. Yeah. Um you get you get to see uh Podrick on the beach with his dog, and then uh Calm sort of starts walking back and she's she's in the foreground, but she's physically separating these two men. Mm-hmm. And uh I think um if she is the bringer of death, my interpretation is that she's also bringing death to that relationship. And the only way that that, mm. the only way that that really um, resolves is if she interrupts the cop from, from, um, from busing Colm. Like if Colm gets sent to prison or whatever, he doesn't have a chance to sort of, um, get that I, I don't want to call it closure because it's not he's saying yeah. i'll fight you till my grave but like yeah literally that, that sort of final moment together so that like like the to, final like the final really die yeah like the final you've been over this i am over this this is like not over this but this is like you've made this a thing now this is a thing for the rest of my life and for the rest of your life this is a thing like so it's almost like uh the final the final uh chapter of their friendship which is the end of their friendship kind of thing almost being like like official in that moment do you do you sort of switch who you're identifying with as the story goes on which of the of the two so i i almost uh, it's interesting that you say that because i didn't i hadn't really thought about it as i was watching it but thinking back there are definitely points where i was like Oh yeah, get him, Podrick. And then there were times where I was like, "Shut the fuck up, Podrick!" <laughs> like I'm on. I was like totally like, "Yeah, I'm with this guy now." Like, yeah. Um, I would say most of the time I was, I think, as with most people, because Podrick's more the main character. Um, you'd probably be like more identifying with him. But once once you kind of see the reasoning behind him a little bit, you're almost like, oh, like maybe maybe I kind of agree with Calm a little bit on some of these. Uh, some of these points so but i i think for the majority of it it was podrick but i did go back and forth yeah you're right did you did did you as well or were you pretty solidified i think i mean the place the place where it gets really messed up is that um i mean up into a certain point okay so calm is colin farrell right no no that's podrick Really? Colin Farrell? Yeah. Wait, am I thinking? Yeah. Uh, what's the other dude's name? Let's figure this out. Because then, because otherwise I'm going to be... No! Yeah, Colm is... Colm is Brendan Gleeson. Shit, yeah. I was mixing this up earlier. That's fine. So, oh. so, Podrick... Podrick is the default lead. You're seeing a lot of this from his perspective. Yeah, I mean, I feel like up into up until the end, you're like, okay, you feel bad for this guy, and his his friend just decided to leave him just to be an asshole. Um, I mean, ultimately, like, what's interesting is as the story goes on, Podrick starts to soften. He feels bad after a while. He's like, I feel horrible for killing your donkey, and like, you know, feels it feels bad. And and, and 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 like I thought it was interesting near the end how he uh, apologizes to the priest. Um, yeah, and the priest is like, "Well, are you gonna like, are you gonna, are you gonna repent for your self mutilation?" He's like, "No, like I don't, yeah. you know, I don't give a shit." I feel, you know, he feels bad about the donkey. He does. He knows how much right. that means to call him. And throughout this whole thing, he does like care about him as a person i mean that was yeah you know i want to get back to that fork in the road scene later um but uh you know when he gets gets beat up by the cop like he gets yeah. him to a point he gets him back on his feet yeah cares about him he well, just doesn't yeah. want to be a part of his life exactly it never really feels well i mean no it never feels entirely like there's any hatred there's no hatred there's no like 
he did there's definitely a dislike and there's certainly like a as he even says he's like i don't really like you anymore um but he's never doing anything hateful towards um podrick at any point it's more just like uh he gets annoyed with him and he's throwing his fingers at him that's pretty awful <laughs> but like, yeah that's pretty terrible but none of it is like I want you to fucking die. Like he would just he would just kill him. If you wanted him to die, he would have just killed him. Like it's he didn't want him dead. He just wanted him away from him, far far away from him. You know, what I mean, I've had like I mean, I'm sure everybody goes through friend breakups, right? Whenever I I've had a friend breakup in the past, it's always been like a just just distance yourself from me. I don't care. You could I hope you have a great rest of everything you know like enjoy right. but but i just don't want you associating with with me and that's pretty much exactly what i was getting from um from calm throughout the thing like there was there was no kinds of hatred and even when like podrick seemed like he was at his most like when he had hit complete rock bottom calm was like all right i'm not gonna kick you while you're down you know like i'll help you up but still stay out of my life like this isn't like a reunion you know kind of thing Totally, totally. You know, and he keeps his distance there. What I what I thought was what I also thought was interesting at the end is that, you know, I mean, like, uh, Podrick's burnt his fucking house down, and he's still like, hey, I'm, yeah, that's I'm really sorry about the donkey. Yeah, like he's he still feels guilty, which I find I found that very interesting. It was almost like at that point, um, well, well, and then he did say like, okay, I. I I imagine this makes us even now, now that you burnt my house down. And, and Podrick was the one that was like, no, absolutely yeah. not carrying this to the grave. Um, but um, I, thought it, I thought it was so interesting that, you know, like you can literally burn a man's house down and he's still like, he's still like, hey, I'm, you know, that like the donkey thing was over the line, even though he's a, of all the things he did, that was sort of an indirect consequence. Yeah. I mean, it could have, uh, I mean, Jenny could have just as easily choked on a, on a finger shaped rock. Right. I mean, that I is know. very true. And, and also at the same time, like Padraig didn't just burn his house down. He burned his house down while he was inside of it. Like, yeah. Kind like of that didn't stop him. him from doing it. So I, like, you know, it's kind of up to you at that point, but it's almost like there was a role reversal where at the beginning he's like, you know, Coleman's like, I'm not going to stop until you leave me alone. And then at the end, Podrick's like, I'm not going to stop because you killed my donkey. Like, that's, and that there's just no repaying that. Like, there's no evening that. And it's like, oh, yeah. Like, what a tangle. <laughs> yeah. 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 And going uh, but back- I thought it was very interesting as well that they did that because it was a subversion of expectations. Like, once you have the house burning down, You'd expect some kind of anger or something, and then when that doesn't come, you expect, oh, they're even, and that doesn't even come. So it's almost like they keep, like they're like, nah, you know, no, no, we're we're just gonna, this is gonna keep going. You're not gonna see it, but it, you know. Yeah, that is sort of interesting, and I wonder if it's like, I mean, going back to what we were saying earlier about how it's not quite surreal, it's not quite to the point that it's right, surreal. But it's- very close it borders yeah but it's very close i mean it is it does they don't really behave like we would expect them to behave but it's like at at a lot of points in this movie yeah yeah but it's almost it's almost close enough that it feels like it, it it feels like a person acting irrational rather than like a bad script writer or someone right. that's completely off the it, walls. And I don't exactly. know why, I don't know how that, how they managed to tow that line, but yeah, they really did really tow impressive. that line. Cause, cause every, nothing that is done is explicitly like, no one would do that. Like when you're watching a horror movie and someone does some really stupid shit and you're like, yeah, no, yeah. like that wouldn't happen. That doesn't actually ever happen in this movie. There's times where you're like, Oh, this dude is being pushed. Like this dude is clearly at his very, very. But you're never like, nah, that wouldn't happen. Like that would never in a million years. Like they set it up to the point where him cutting off his fingers doesn't seem that that crazy. Like it seems crazy, but they built it up to the point where you're like, I almost kind of understand like why he's at this point. You know what I mean? So uh, it's very well written in that regard because you're right. In a lot of instances, someone cutting off their fingers and throwing it at someone's door for them to leave them alone would be like. 
okay, like, come on. Like, that's a little much, but it's not in this instance. Yeah, and and to that point, it's, you know, it's a testament to the screenplay. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to talk about Dominic? Uh, yeah, yeah. How that's, do you feel about Dominic? I fucking love Don- Dominic. I think I, my favorite character in the movie, honestly mm-hmm. – um, there's so much there's so much there there's so much there like uh his father his relationship with Podrick um his relationship with Siobhan Shiv- Siobhan was yeah. yeah Siobhan um it it was just like he kind of he kind of almost blanketed the whole story with like a, another kind of little whole extra vibe to it and I really liked it and I actually think I want to see what your take is on this in a little bit, but I think he gave the best performance of like the main four. Damn, you think he gave the best performance? I do, not by a lot, not, yeah. but yeah, I think he was awesome. I really do. Yeah, I don't. I he wasn't don't... in it all that much, but the scenes that he was in, I, I think he stole them. I think he stole every scene he was in. Barry Barry Kogan, yeah, Kyogen, I think Kyogen. is on a yeah, is on a. I, these Irish names are hard for me. Um, is on a rocket ship right now. I mean, yeah. he's unstoppable. I I don't think this would have. I don't think that part would have worked um, if given to a lesser actor. And it would have been um, very awkward. Yeah, it's interesting because I think I think it's um, the other thing I just wanted to touch on with you is I feel like it's very rare for a movie to focus on for such a long movie to focus on so many characters that are quote unquote dumb. Like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really interesting to choose to, 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 to focus on like a, not, not only like a horror movie, like you were saying, like there's plenty of dumb right. characters in horror movies, but they're sort of unintentionally dumb. They're, they're written to be dumb on purpose. This is right. This is very much like, they're purposefully like people that are, you know, quite simple. They live quite simple lives, this and that. Yeah. And, and Dominic, and it, and it, I mean, in Dominic's case, like he's, he's so sort of tragic because I, I think, I think yeah. what, what Barry Keoghan brings to it is you see this goodness through him, mm-hmm. but you also, um, you understand why everyone is annoyed with him and no one wants to be around him. Yeah, yeah, he's like so, a double-edged sword. It, yeah, yeah. I, I, I liked his character so much for for that very reason. Where it was like, he's he's unhateable. Like you can't dislike his character, but you can totally understand when when other characters are like Dominic, like. <laughs> like dude come on like get go away for a few minutes just like calm down yeah. stop talking like but he is just such a lovable character that that um his arc is just so fucking devastating like it oh my god it really like that was the most uh, like the most intrigued i was during this whole movie was outside of um the whole finger stuff honestly i was very intrigued by that um but just dominic's character in general every time he showed up i was like what is going on with this guy now because it seems like every scene he's in it's something progressively more interesting whether it be worse or or like more heartbreaking or more like oh dominic like like the scene that he has with carrie condon is so good i think that was the one that was used in most of like the oscar reels and stuff like that but he like he's just pouring his heart out and you know the entire time you're like oh no like no and then they find him in the river and you're like no it's just so tragic it's it's a very good arc it's a very good arc, but it is so depressing yeah yeah um just uh just briefly on that note too that's that's a scene where Mrs. McCormick is actually present for the death of a dream. If you're yeah. talking about her in death, she's uh, she's just in the background there. Um, but the, there goes that dream line is so is so tragic. I mean, you talk about uh-huh. him pouring his heart out, and he is in his way, right? Because it's not. Right. I mean, I can tell you, like. From a first-time viewer's perspective, I didn't really know where he was going with that at first until he's like, "Oh, do you think you'd ever?" Really interesting. I mean, okay, 
Okay. Uh, it took me a second, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's that's not fair. like he's. It's not like he's expressed interest in her earlier. Right. But I don't know. There's something so tragic about that because yeah. he's so. He's so honest and so um, yeah, innocent. Yeah. And it's, it's almost sort like of, he, yeah, he, he almost he has like the um, like the same energy like a kid would give off. So you're almost treating him like yeah. he's like a ten year old kid. You're like, oh, like he's so so when he tries to do something like that, you're just like, oh, it's almost like it's almost like a ten year old has a crush on his babysitter or something like that. You know, like it it's does feel like that. Yeah, and and, you, and it's cute, but like then you realize like he's a grown man and this is actually going to really, really hurt him. And it's like, ah, oh, shit. Like that has so much more weight to it. Like, it, but it's the same kind of energy though. You bring up a good point about the childlike energy too, yeah. because I, I uh, hadn't really thought about that, but he does, he does sort of have that, have that energy where it's like, you know, he's, he's like, he's like really like hyper and excited, yeah. but, but you're sort of, you know, but people people get annoyed by him. I think the right. difference is that yeah. it's just sort of permanently like that. Yeah, he and he's got this this natural like um, ignorance to him. But it's almost it's not like a it's not necessarily like oh he's stupid. It just he seems very childlike in nature. He seems very um, I don't know what's a good word. I don't want to say immature, but like it just almost seems like he has like that kind of kid like energy. So you you're rooting for him, but then when he does these mature things, you're almost like, oh, it doesn't fit. Like it doesn't work. Because like when you're talk when he's talking to to Carrie Condon's character, the entire time, like if you know what he's going for, you're the entire time you're like, oh no, like no. But like in his yeah. head, he's like, this is totally fine. This is normal, and he's not actually a kid. So it's like it is kind of normal, but it doesn't feel like it is. Yeah. Yeah. Despite there is still it's an age of, gap there, but it's not quite as abnormal as it would be just a kid hitting on his babysitter because that's obviously like, oh, that's cute. But like, you know. No, it's conceivable. He's probably right. he's probably in his twenties and she's in her late thirties or something. It's conceivable right. that they could yeah, yeah, be together. It's not, you know, it's not like completely taboo, but it's like it's pretty obvious from an outsider standpoint that they have nothing in common despite his lying about them like oh well, yeah we clearly have a lot in common like <laughs> yeah was it was that the most cringy point in this movie for you um i there there were a few i think that was the main one um i want to say one of them was the beginning of podrick's like speech in the bar at, at one point um, where he, I think he was drunk and it started very like, Oh God, like what's he going to say? But it ended fine. Uh, so it wasn't actually cringy, but there were a few times where I was holding my breath a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, that, that one, I, 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 I love, I love the ending of that scene about how, how, um, Oh, his line. How he's like, he's like, God damn it. I was starting to like him again. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. He's, he's becoming interesting again. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, the, the, the part that, the part that really, that really got me that I wanted to talk about with you was the April Fool's Day scene where he's like, oh, I realized what it was. You cut me off on April Fool's Day. I got you. Like, <laughs> no worries. I'll see you at the bar. And he's like, and he just, like, Colin just says, or, yeah, Colin just says absolutely nothing. Uh -huh. It doesn't show up. And you're like, yeah. oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah, that's the kind okay. of stuff. It's just such denial. Yeah. Okay. Do you want a prequel for this movie where where um, there's absolutely no call? There, there's absolutely no conflict, and it's just Brendan Gleeson and, and uh, Colin Farrell having a great time? No. God, no. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> no, I need something depressing. Make me cry. Make me cry. Yeah. <laughs> I want like a just just like a like almost like a podcast episode style, or like a my dinner with Andre style, where they're just yeah. just hanging out at the bar, having a great time. It can be like a DVD extra or something, but I just want like, <laughs> like a twenty minute like short a whole, film. Yeah, yeah. A twenty minute short film. I just want like some clips of them getting drunk together. It'd be funny. Okay, all right. Question. So, so of the four yes. main performances, of the four main performances, uh, give me a list of best to worst. Or f your favorite to least favorite, I should say. Because they were all great. Like, there's no bad performance there. 
think I have a least favorite. I will say Barry Keoghan impressed me the most off based off my expectations. Okay. Um, so I'm going to put him number one. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I'll put him number okay. one. Nice. nice. And then, um, and then Colin Farrell. Yeah, that's, I agree with that. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah. he, I, I, he carries so much sadness and I think he like bring, carries this emotional weight with him oh, is absolutely. sort of what, what brings down the lighter moments. Whereas mm-hmm. Brendan Gleeson's character has this sort of like blankness about him. By the way, side note, when when Podrick says like Colin, you're probably depressed, like he's probably right. That's the oh thing. yeah. Oh, I totally sure. think he's like a hundred percent correct. This guy's depressed. He's oh, realizing yeah. he's gonna die and yep. doesn't know what to do with his life. And like he's like, let's get let's get you help. Like let's you know, and he doesn't want that. So I mean and then it's Carrie. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to like put either of them I would, last. So, but Bre- I. Okay, go ahead. I uh, Brendan Gleeson and Carrie Connor are almost pretty much tied for me. Yeah. Uh, but I think I would put Carrie Condon just a little bit higher. A little bit higher. Barely. I was kind of leaning that way. I think it's more, but I kind of think it's more based on what they're working with rather than. This is true. Their skills, because I think. I think Brendan Gleeson like. He's supposed to be blank is sort of where I was going with that. Oh, like, I think he's supposed yeah. to be kind of a blank slate. And I think, yeah, in their yeah. roles, they, they played their individual roles perfectly. Like that was – that is one of the best like main four I've seen in a movie in a long time. Like the like performance-wise, it was so hard to pick like which one is the is like the not as good performance because they're all fucking amazing. They, literally all four of them got nominated for multiple awards. Like there wasn't any of them that got left out. I think yeah. we're all we're all four of them up for an Oscar. I think, right? Um, I think so. I think I wanna, so. I want to say they were. Let me just double check. Uh, it was nominated for nine Oscars. This film and it didn't win any. It didn't win any Oscars. <laughs> it didn't. And that's actually, I will say this. Um, most of the Oscars that it lost, I was fine with. I think it should have won Best Supporting Actress. So you've got you've got. Um, sure. One, two, three, four. They were all nominated. You're right. You're right. I all four so. of them were nominated. I thought I, so. I want to um I want to start a segment with you. That's oh. Kind of fun. You want to okay. start a segment? We're gonna Fuck on- yeah. We're gonna have an ongoing segment. This okay. is for Ryan uh Ryan appearing podcast, and okay. this segment is called uh w- Would this movie be better with Paul Giamatti? <laughs> And, uh, and the, uh, and oh, uh, I want to, I want to have like a jingle for it. Like, would this movie be bad? We'll work. We'll work on that. We'll but, do it. Um, I got to wear the shirt. The question, uh, <laughs> Ryan, is would this movie be better with Paul Giamatti? Okay. So there's some stipulations to this real quick. Number one, I feel like one instance would be adding Paul Giamatti. The other would be replacing him with someone else who's already in the cast. Okay. Um, I don't think I would do either. I think it would make I think it would make this movie worse. Listen, I Why would you start this segment on one where it doesn't work? I I definitely don't. I Paul Giamatti would be would have stick out like a sore thumb in this movie. 100%. I love the man so much. The only actually okay, the one person I could see him possibly playing would be um Dominic's dad. Unfortunately, the cop. Okay, that's interesting. Because that's interesting. he is very much a very aggressive, like can be like an aggressive, like scream actor when he needs to be, like in uh, Straight Outta Compton or Love and Mercy. If you just want to see, you just want to see a full frontal scene with Paul Giamatti. You little- ah, you know me too well. <laughs> um, no, you know what I was thinking for Paul Giamatti in this movie. What? I was what? thinking uh, the bartender. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, I could see It would that. be a subdued Paul Giamatti. It wouldn't be yeah. a screaming Paul Giamatti. No, but roles are good, too. That's where I'd put him, if I had to put him in this movie. But I, I could see that. I could see that. Yes, I agree. Fundamentally, I think, yeah, this one probably is not better with she Paul Giamatti. doesn't need Paul Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. 
Let's see. Oh, um, before we get up Oscar nominations, yes, there are five movies that yeah. um, have been nominated for more Oscars and have not won. So this was nominated for nine Oscars and lost all of them. There are yes. five movies that have been nominated for more Oscars and, and have lost, won, all of them. lost all of them. Can you okay. name any of those movies? One of them has to be The Irishman, right? Uh, no, The Irishman is just below. The Irishman is at eight nominees. Damn it. But okay. good guess. Uh, I, did, the, I did see that. The, the Fablemans? Did The Fablemans win any Oscars? I don't think so, but I don't I think don't, it was nominated for as many. Oh, this is tough. Wait, give, can I have the year of one of them? Give me, give me some years. Do you want me to give you all the years or yeah, give me some years. of the years? I might be able to get some if I have some years. Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to give you 2010. I'm going to give you 2002, and I'm going to give you 2013. Those are the years of the movies, not Oscars, by the way, because that's easier for me to remember. 13. Oh, 13, 10. Inception? Good guess. Uh, not, not on there. Fuck. Okay. 2002. I don't think I would know what the 2002 one is. Oh, uh, uh, Minority Report? Oh, that's a good guess. You know, there is a Spielberg on this list. Is there? Okay. I'm guessing it it's not one of the ones you mentioned, though. It wasn't one of the ones I mentioned. The Spielberg is, let me see. The Spielberg is 85. Shit. 80. 85? 85. 85. Oh, man. All right. Oh, give me one more minute. It, I feel like I can get one of the 2010 ones. I think you can get, I think you can get one of these. The, the help? Was that oh, 2013? That's a really, that's a really good guess. Uh, it is not on there, but that's a really good oh, guess. Oh no, the help is 2011, I think. It's 2011. Okay. And that one, yeah. that did win for, for Octavia oh. Spencer. Oh, that's right. Uh, good for, I love her. Okay. Um, she deserved it. I guess I give up. What are they? Okay, so you've got, um, F with 11 nominees and no wins, you've got Turning Point, which I'd never heard of, starring Shirley MacLaine yeah. and uh, Anne Bancroft. And then the Spielberg that you're missing is yeah. Color Purple. That didn't win any Oscars? That really? Zero Oscars. And wow. then okay. uh, 2013 was American Hustle with 10. Oh, fuck, I never saw that movie. Okay. 20, 2010 was True Grit with 10. True grit. Ah. And 2002 was Gangs of New York with 10. Oh, no. I, oh, man. I just watched that movie, too. <laughs> Fuck. I knew there was going to be a Scorsese in there. I knew it. Uh, ah. Yeah, I know. I got some so many times. It's okay. All good. All good. That was, yeah, good. That was a good uh, question. That was a very good question. Fun fun trivia. Fun trivia yeah. round for you. Um, we got we to gotta talk about quotes because we've, we've – we've, uh, Ah, yes. We've – jumped around the screenplay a few times. We've talked about how great the writing is, but more on like a structure standpoint. Um, were, did you take notes of, during this, first of all? I don't know if you, you did. Uh, here and there, yes. Not as yeah. intensive, but yes. I, I, had like, I had like a few quotes written down. I don't know if you had any like written down that you wanted to talk about or... I if... have a quote I remember. I don't remember the exact wording. Um... But it's Podrick talking to Colm in the in the bar, and it's like one of the last things he says before he walks out. And it's something like, "You used to be nice," and then he pauses and he's like, "Oh God, maybe you never used to be." And I was like, "Oh," I was like, "Oh my God," like, "Ooh," that was. I, I really liked that line a lot. Uh, I don't remember the exact wording of it though. It was really it was well worded, uh, far better than what I just said. But it, I, that was my favorite quote. That was definitely my favorite quote. Yeah, maybe you never were. And yeah, and then that sort of gets back to this whole theme that I think is more present in the sort of first to second act of the movie of like being nice versus being remembered, which I think is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and that's and that's what his whole drunk speech in the bar is about. Is like my daddy was nice, and I remember him, and you're like, oh, <laughs> sweetie. Um, yeah, I don't know would you rather be nice or be remembered? Uh, I definitely would rather be nice. I'm just genuinely, I I've always been kind of, um, 
so, some may say too nice. I just kind of don't know how to be mean sometimes. Like, obviously, if someone needs, you know, I could stand up for myself if I need to. But I've always been just a very nice person. I, I, I do a lot of, um, I don't know, I do a lot of shit. I fucking, I'm a yes man. But um, I would, what, I, I kind of, like, a lot of people say that it's it's almost a, um, like, there's a downside to being so nice. Like, there's, you know, you get pushed around and you don't, in this case, you don't get remembered because, you know, you're just like, I hard disagree with that. There is... If if you are a nice person, first of all, karma will find it, and karma will find you. It'll come back to you. First of all, hundred percent, and second of all, being a nice person in uh, directly, it directly positively impacts other people's lives, and and uh, through that alone, makes it more worth than just being remembered, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and being remembered, you're not allowed. You're not alive to experience. It's very true. Are you are you are you someone that believes strongly in karma? You know, I didn't used to, but as I get really? older, yeah, as I get older, um, it, it just seems like things do work out that way. You know, it just seems like karma finds people, whether it be positive or negative. I I don't know what it is. In my experience, at least in my family and, and my friends and shit, that just when I'm observing, kind of, it always seems like. Someone does something shitty and it, and it comes back to them. Like I've done something shitty, came right back to me. I do something good, it eventually comes back. Like I I, I do think there is there. I, I do believe in karma. I do. I didn't. I didn't used to. I but I think I do. What, how about you? Interesting. How about you? Um, I'd like to. I think it would restore like a level of um, level of like order to the universe that would yeah. be gives you nice. like a little peace of mind. You know. Gives you peace of mind. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, there's also, you know, like, um, there's plenty of like racists that live to a hundred and asshole and and uh, and brilliant people that die young and it's a lot of like, there's a lot that's unfair about the world. Um, this is true. I think too much for me to say. Definitely that I think. I think that there is. Um, some force guiding guiding those people towards having reper- repercussions unless that those are somehow in the afterlife right but i don't know i this don't and none of us know um yeah this is, is true that's why is. i mean i'm i'm agnostic so it's hard for me to even even divine like the karma and believe in the karma because it's all very like well you know who fucking knows but but it's a it's a good question Interesting. 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 But um, I wanted to a couple quotes I wanted to talk to yes, to you hear. about. Um, we discussed uh, the "There Goes That Dream" line that is so like a knife to the heart, so yeah. brutal. Um, uh, one of them is just uh, I think my favorite one is this is this next is this second one that I'm about to mention. But the first one that yes. I, just, I just love is when. He is when I think I think Padraig goes. It takes two to tango, and then Colm goes. I don't want to tango. <laughs> I just love yeah, that's <laughs> right. some, something about the simplicity of that that I just absolutely adore. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But um. Um. When uh when Calm is in the confession booth with the priest, yes. you know, telling the priest about how he killed the donkey, mm-hmm. and Calm goes or the priest goes. Do you think God gives a damn about miniature donkeys? And Colm goes, I fear he doesn't, and I fear that's where it's all gone wrong. That to me that's is great, I forgot about that quote, yeah. I fuck I fucking love that quote. And I also think um that's almost a whole other aspect that's not being touched on elsewhere in the movie, or something else you could just make a whole other movie about is like calm yeah. like losing his faith yeah through this whole like ordeal this whole ordeal and fight yeah. that they're having um because mm-hmm. i mean that that sort of alludes to like it's it, 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 it's it's like the way he says that i fear that's where it's all gone wrong he's not 
saying I fear that's where God has gone wrong. He's not saying, he's not implying there even that God doesn't exist or that God does exist. He's right. just saying that this is where the universe has gone backwards because no one cares about this donkey. Like both he and Podrick both do. They both yeah. care about the donkey. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I find that line infinitely fascinating. I it is. It is very, I, I think there is almost like, it's strange that it's kind of a throwaway line. It's not entirely a throwaway line, but it the fact is. that this is this is like the only line of the movie that touches on that, which is if something that honestly fits into the movie and is fairly heavy on its own. The fact that it's just kind of a throwaway line is is weird because it does make you think. Like it's a line that makes you think a lot and almost think of a whole different aspect to this movie. But then it just kind of is like, yeah, that's that's we're just gonna leave it at that. And it's like, oh. That's it is interesting. Get. It's very interesting. Yeah. That's all you get from it. That's it. That's it. Um, yeah, it is It is. It is bizarre to me that he doesn't sort of expound on that at all. Um, but uh, there's so much else in this movie already. Um, I heard uh, that they both uh, that okay, so we're pairing this movie with Guinness, where unfortunately neither of us are drinking Guinness at the moment. I am drinking. You're not drinking. Are you drinking? Why are you drinking? I don't even, What's wrong I don't with even have any drinks here. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, apparently they were drinking a lot of non-alcoholic Guinness on set, which Brendan Gleeson and uh, and Colin Farrell absolutely loved. They just loved their really? non-alcoholic ah. Gleeson. Uh, non-alcoholic non Gleeson. Non-alcoholic Guinness. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, anyway, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this up? Um, one thing I did want to mention that I thought was really interesting was this is um, part of uh, one of the best years for an actor I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, so Colin Farrell was in four movies in 2022, right? Well, mm -hmm. okay, one of them is like debatably 2021, but it technically came out in 2022. Um, the first one's after Yang, which was like critically acclaimed. I didn't see it. It was apparently really, really good, and he was apparently great. There was the Batman, which he was fucking phenomenal in that movie. Oh, I genuinely God. thought so he looked he looked more like Richard Kind than he looked like himself. I genuinely thought they had just casted Richard Kind. It, it looked so much like him. Um, anyway, he was in a Ron Howard movie this year that was pretty well received called uh, Thirteen Lives, and then he was also in Banshees of Inisherin. Which is fucking crazy. That's a that's a really crazy year, especially because all four of those movies were were critically acclaimed, and apparently his performance in all four was really solid. So, well, I, I say apparently the two I watched, he was solid. The other two, I, I haven't seen. But yeah, he he's had such year. yeah he's had such a great run recently. Yeah. I mean that 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 is an incredible year. But just I mean just recently, like I I I remember when I was younger. Um, he was trying. He was trying to be kind of Brad Pitt heartthrob and like Troy and all these like rom coms and stuff. And then, and then, kind of starting with the Lobster, he started just making these really yeah. interesting indie choices. He worked. Uh, he worked again with Yorgos Lanthimos and Killing of the Sacred Deer. Worked with yep. Sofia Coppola and The Beguiled and just like. It's just been making like really interesting choices lately. It's oh, you know what? I, you know what I just realized? I, I Colin Farrell has been in a lot of movies with Barry Keoghan so far, hasn't he? Because the Batman's one of them. Banshee's one of oh, them. Oh, killing of a killing yeah. of a sacred deer. One of them. It, it, I, I only yeah, good for them. I like them. The Irish guys, they stick together. Yes, they do. We Irish. We're I'm barely Irish. <laughs> we'll count it. We'll count it. Yeah, that was that was a great year for um, him. No, I'm excited to see what he does yeah. next. He's been making some like really really interesting choices lately. It's, I agree. You know, it's yeah. fun, fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, I agree for sure. Anything else you want to touch on here? I don't believe so. Let me check. Oh, okay, one last question was: uh, Where did you put this in your best picture? Like, did you want it to win best picture? Was it like second in line kind of thing? I. I think, I, first of all, I think I liked it more the second viewing. There's just okay. more, it's kind of a puzzle box. There's like more and more to dissect. That's true. Um, 
Uh, let me let me look at uh, best picture nominees. Let me just look at the list just so I can see. Go for it. Um, I mean, it was kind of looking like women talking was gonna. Sorry, women talking. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of looking like everything ever all at once was gonna take it, and yeah. I was kind of good with that just because yeah. that was such an interesting uh, new feeling movie. Um, I liked a lot of the nominees this year, honestly. I liked all the ones. I still haven't seen Women Talking. That's the one I haven't seen. Um, I was kind of like, I was kind of good with everything I ever all at once, like pulling away with it. Though, um, if you ever want to do a tar pod, I've got so much on that. That was kind of like, I was actually bummed. I was bummed that Kate Blanchett didn't win because I thought that was like one of the greatest performances that I've ever seen. It doesn't work if you have a lesser actress in that role. She was so, really good, yeah. Tar was kind of my dark horse wanted it to win, okay. but I was, I was, forever, I mean, it was also just fun to see, like, a, I guess Coda won, but, I mean, it was fun to see, like, a really... Yeah, I didn't like I Coda. mean, it was fun to see, I, I, I was going to say it was fun to see, like, a really feel-good movie win, but, um, yeah. I mean, it sort of felt more, I want to say it felt more genuine than Coda, but I... I, no, I, I, give, I give Coda. I give Coda too much shit. I actually really did like Coda. I just, it. it I, I feel like movies suffer when they win and they just weren't good enough to win because it's like you shit yeah. on them, but then it's like, just because they weren't the best movie of the year doesn't mean they weren't yeah. in the top ten. You know. Yeah. I, I definitely. I thought Coda was a fine movie. I was just very confused that, that it won Best Picture because I was like, this is. It genuinely is just like a fine movie. I don't really like Best Picture. Really crazy. Really weird that it won. That's crazy. Yeah, it just feels so out of place. Like winning Best Picture. I I don't know. But um, anyway, actually, my dark horse was was the Banshees for this year. I I was like, I would have been a okay with uh, everything everywhere. I actually was really happy that it won. But had Banshees somehow won, I would have been like, okay, (laughs) I'll take it. I, I I don't know. Like, I'd be kind of down to, at some point, um, play with the format of this podcast a little bit. But it'd be fun to just do okay. an Oscar Best Picture year where you, we watch all the movies and we just kind of, like, skim over them. Because um, I would do that. If, if we're talking more about Martin McDonough, uh, the Three Billboards year was, I think, the year Shape of uh, Water one. Yeah, that's – yeah. Which yeah, – I really regard- wanted to win that year. Yeah, I mean, but so regardless, bad. like – Shape of Water is such a weird movie that everyone got behind, and I I kind of liked it, but I cried at it. It wasn't a bad crying. movie. Yeah, it wasn't a bad movie. <laughs> but um, it's strange. so weird that everyone got behind this Fishman movie that feels like any other year would be kind of like, oh, that was a weird indie thing that came out. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, this is slight, relating to that, but slightly off topic. I don't know what it is. I, I really want to like Guillermo del Toro's movies. I don't. I I I, th- I think Pan's Labyrinth is really cool. I think Shape of Water is interesting. Every other movies movie of his I've seen has been so I I just haven't really I don't know I can't I'm just they don't they don't catch me I don't know what it is I like the guy so much yeah he's but so his likeable. movies just don't work for me which I almost hate that his movies don't work like uh, what was the the one from La- oh uh, Nightmare Alley I just I was bo- I was so bored I just I didn't get it. I don't like. I want to like them. I do. I haven't seen yeah. Pinocchio yet because I'm afraid I'm not going to like Pinocchio. I don't know. Pinocchio wasn't my favorite, but it's hard not to like. I think I think you should definitely give it a shot. And it's on. Netflix. Oh, I will. Give no excuse. I absolutely. But um, yeah, it's true. But you should try try some of his early like earlier Spanish stuff, like Kronos, and uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen a lot of those. But see some early Spanish stuff that are like in the Criterion Collection that are supposed to be good. I should. Um, have you? Did you watch Barry? Have you been watching Barry? Oh, no, I want to. Have you? Oh. Have you seen any of it? I saw like the first two episodes of the first oh, okay, season. Okay, okay, yeah. He just he makes a cameo in like this really? season, and it's really fun. It's really fun to see him act. It's just oh, I just a it. good time. Just a good I time. I, I love that man. Um, let's wrap it up in the interest yeah. of time. I won't keep everyone. Cool, cool. I mean, I guess. People chose to listen this long, so thank you for listening this long. And uh, and uh, you could have turned this off earlier, but you didn't. So thank <laughs> and thank you. you for that. Yes, thank you, um, Ryan. Uh, do you have a quote that you want to say in character so, to wrap just, this up? 
just watched uh, the Austin Powers trilogy recently. For oh, the you prepared this. Million time. Oh, yes. Um, there's a great quote. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, uh, this is Dr. Evil talking about his childhood. <laughs> My father would womanize. He would drink. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. <laughs> Okay, that's it. That's a that's a that's a deep cut. That's an Austin Powers deep cut. I like it. I love that quote. <laughs> he was interested in evil from a very young age. Uh, I love it. I love it. Well, thank uh, you thank for that, Brian. Of course. Uh, thank uh, you, Doctor Evil. It was great having you on, and uh, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll do this again soon. Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs>